Hello, and welcome to Artfully Told, where we share true stories about meaningful encounters with art. I think artists help people have different perspectives on every aspect of life. All I can do is put my part out into the world. It doesn't have to be perfect the first time. It doesn't have to be perfect ever, really. I mean, as long as you, you're enjoying doing it and you're trying your best, that can be good enough. Art is something that you can experience with your senses and that you just experience as, as so beautiful. Hi, friends. Whether you are just getting started or you're a seasoned professional looking to up your game, I have an exciting opportunity for you. Did you know that I am actually the creator of 10 different courses online that range from ballet, jazz, tap. They also include a mindset detox course and two stretch and tone courses. So if you're looking to start a new hobby or get a little bit fitter, or you're looking to do a deep dive into your mindset and really perform a true detox, I have the course for you, and I would love to help you out with that. So if you go to elevateart.thinkific.com, you will see all of the different courses I've created. You don't have to step in a classroom to take your first dance class. I teach a signature 20 moves in 20 days course that allows you to learn 20 steps in just 20 days. It's a lot of fun. We have a great time together. And I think you're going to absolutely love the different courses and artfully told listeners get a little something from me. So if you go, you'll sign up and use the promo code artfully told all one word. And when you do so, you'll get 15% off the purchase of any and all your favorite courses. All right, listeners, enjoy that. Again, it's elevateart.thinkific.com. See you there. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Artfully Told. I'm your host, Lindsay, and I am extremely delighted to have as my guest today a returnee. She actually had the very, very first episode that I ever released with a guest was with Ashley Taylor. So thank you, Ashley, for being back. I'm just beyond excited. Ashley is a dancer. She is a choreographer, teacher. She is also a writer. In fact, maybe sneak peek. Can I say that you're working on a novel? Of course you can. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And then also, goodness gracious, I think your artistic list goes on and on. You can paint, draw. What can't you do? Maybe we should start there. (laughs) Well, I'm going to answer that question later. Oh, okay. (laughs) Fair. That's true. Anyway, artist extraordinaire, very creative and very good at what she does. So Ashley, thank you for being back. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to chat with you again about artsy things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, first, I'm really curious to know sort of what, what you've been up to lately, especially considering you know, when we did our recording last year, of course, it was like COVID central and it kind of still is, (laughs) but things have changed and opened back up. So I'm curious how you've been able to navigate sort of getting back into more artsy things. Yeah. So I would not say I'm fully back in, in the way that I 
would like to be, but that's fine. I've had time to explore a lot of writing and editing and found a community of creative writing people, which is great. So we meet virtually once a week and read each other what we're working on and give feedback, which has been wonderful. Highly recommend creative community as a side note. So yeah, I, as you said, I have been working on a novel. I am editing it. I think this is my third draft right now. Got some feedback recently from some readers. So I'm editing it. And the goal is to get it sent to some agents and see what the possibilities are there in the next couple months. So that'll be that'll be an adventure for sure. In addition to that, I am starting to gather ideas for another writing project, which would be my own and other people's stories about being in the professional dance world and the good, the bad, and the ugly of that, <laughs> but focusing on, on the good, hopefully. And so yeah, writing, lots of writing. As far as dance goes, that's my other main thing. And I am starting to do some auditions and have a performance with you coming up, which I'm super excited about. Um, and yeah, I that's pretty much it for now. I, we'll see if any other opportunities arise, but um, I am trying to go with the flow. <laughs> yeah, well, and... <laughs> By going with the flow, obviously, you are also very involved in lots of things. So that seems like quite a bit to keep you, you know, busy, not to mention, you know, yeah. you're a wife and mother and, you know, details. Yeah. <laughs> well, congratulations on finishing or working on draft three of the novel. I mean, first of all, that's a huge undertaking to finish, let alone to get to this next point. So congratulations on that. And obviously, I'm wishing you the best in your publishing journey and I'm sure our listeners are as well and and once <laughs> that you. happens you'll have to be on again and talk all about your book <laughs> I would be glad to do that all right yeah. <laughs> and then so you mentioned getting back into various you know forms of art and then I'm also curious because when we talked last time you were essentially a uh brand new mom. And now you, I mean, you, I guess you maybe consider yourself still kind of a brand new mom. I don't know, but <laughs> well, every changes every day, pretty much. So. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and I'm curious how that has impacted your either expression of art or, I mean, obviously ability to do art changes a little bit, I'm sure, or a lot, but I'm just curious if it if you feel that also being a mom or having a little one has has impacted just the way that you express yourself through art. Hmm. That's a great question. I think I think I have two answers to that. So the first thing is now that I'm a mom, I obviously have additional demands on my time and energy. So that's it can be a difficult thing, but it's also a good thing in the sense that I am a lot pickier now about what artistic endeavors I spend time on. So early on in any artistic person's career or foray into artistic things, you're often just kind of taking whatever opportunities come your way because you want to get out there and get recognized and build experience. And I've done that and I've spent a lot of time doing that in the past. And 
I, it's not that I have every experience I'd ever want under my belt and, you know, I'm an expert now, certainly not, but I think I am a little less willing to just kind of do whatever at this point. I'm interested in spending time on projects that I find really meaningful, which means I weed things out very quickly (laughs) if I see audition listings or whatever it may be. And I, I think that's good. I think, I think it's good to have that perspective now. Like I'm not, I'm not desperate enough to just do whatever. Um, so that's good. And then as far as how it affects the expression of art, I do think it's not like I'm thinking about my son all the time while I'm making art, but I, I, I do think you, there is less pressure to throw your entire identity onto your art because you know that you have other more important things waiting for you at home. <laughs> it just gives you a different perspective and you realize you are more than, you're more than being a mother. You're also more than being an artist. You are all of those things at once and you get to use the wholeness of that. You, you bring the wholeness of that into whatever you're doing at the moment, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, it yeah. absolutely does make sense. And I, I think that's really an amazing perspective to have because it is so easy to get caught up in, you know, I'm I'm a dancer. I've always been a dancer. I, you know, struggled with that myself quite a bit last year with COVID and not dancing for a year. I mean, not performing yeah. for a year and feeling yeah. like I've always identified myself, you know, when people meet me and I tell them, that I'm a dancer, they're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. You know, it's just <laughs> part of my DNA. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so there were many times last year where I sort of had these like identity crisis moments of, well, who am I without this? And, you know, and what, what do I need for my soul to, to feel like I can still identify as a dancer yeah, so I, I definitely relate to that, but I love the perspective that you have of sort of there's there's more to you. Like you have you have a, a myriad of sides to you, and they're they're important and they're all valuable, I guess. So yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah, and I I think we we do ourselves a disservice by identifying as only one thing, <laughs> honestly, because we're all so much more than that. Yeah, absolutely. So. You, Earlier, you had alluded to the fact that you're writing more about dance and people's experiences and things like that. And Mm -hmm. I know recently you wrote a really intriguing blog post that I kind of wanted to dive into a little bit. It was a manifesto of sorts, if that's fair, (laughs) about some trends that you've been noticing in I I suppose the dance world in particular, but in general in the arts world. And I'm I'm curious if you don't mind sharing about what you wrote about and sort of your thought process behind all that. Yeah. So I think the idea for this stemmed from, you know, I haven't performed in a while either. And, but I have seen over the past year or two, I've seen a few companies, virtual performances and, even that prompted me to think back to performances I've been involved in in the past. And (laughs) I mean, I'll I'll just be blunt. I'm pretty blunt in the blog post. (laughs) There are times when I'm watching dance and I'm a dancer and I am actually bored. And I was trying to figure out 
why is that? Because it's not that it's not at all that the dancers aren't talented. They're very talented. And I came to realize it's because the choreography is rather mediocre. And, and I, you know, I, <laughs> I have to couch this by saying everybody sees something different in a piece of art and some people will find a, a piece of art meaningful that another person will not, right? It, we all know it's, it's very subjective. Mm-hmm. However, <laughs> what I think, what I think people get caught up in sometimes is, you know, somebody who is not familiar with dance might watch a dance and think, wow, they are so talented or wow, that looks so hard or wow, that was beautiful. And those are all good reactions, right? But as a dancer myself, I might have similar reactions, but I also might think, okay, but what are you trying to say through this dance? Um, Like, what's the point of it? Why are we doing this? And what I kind of argue for in the, in the post is like, I, I'm not always sure that artists are actually asking that question because especially dancers, we love dancing. We love doing our art. We love it. So we do it because that's what we do. And we're trained. We've spent years studying it and we think, well, we have to dance. That's what we worked all this time for. And so then we end up putting out these dances that might be fun to do as performers. They might be meaningful personally as performers. And the audience might be wowed by our talent. But did they actually get something meaningful out of it? Like, did you communicate through that dance? And... I don't know. I guess I've been <laughs> I've been thinking lately that we really need to do a better job of being clear about what we're trying to say and what our intent is. So like if the intent is I just want to entertain people. So it's like I don't know, the Radio City Rockettes say or a fun movie that's like a goofy chick flick. Okay, the entertainment. Great. No problem with that. But I think what we do is forget that there is a difference in some regard between entertainment and art or between just like pure creative expression and art. So entertainment is, you know, you walk away and you're like, wow, I feel relaxed. I got out of my head for a minute. That was great. They were talented. That was fun. Creative expression is like any anything that you do that's, that's creative or artistic, which is always great. It's like, I, I baked some cookies. I painted a sunset. I, I made a dance, right? (laughs) That's all great. But I, I I feel that a primary, what's the word? A primary purpose of art is to communicate something, to express something. And it has to be something from which the viewer can glean meaning. And it doesn't have to be the exact meaning that the artist intended but there should be something like you should react to a piece of art, in my opinion. So I question the approach of artists who don't, who are not clear about what they're trying to communicate and therefore are not even editing it appropriately in order to communicate that more clearly. So an example that I use in the, in the post is just because you know how to write words down and you find some interesting words and then you put them on a page that does not mean that you've actually written a story, right? There's a lot that goes into writing a story with characters and plot and, you know, development and all of this, right? So you can't just put words on a page and say, I made art, now, you know, enjoy it, pay for it. It's like, well, why? Why would anybody do that? They could have written the, pa- the words on the page. 
so in, in dance, similarly, I feel like we pick some music and we're like, well, we have to dance because we have a show coming up and we got to make money. So we'll make a dance about something random and put it, put it on stage and like use talented dancers. And here's like a couple interesting movements and we put it on stage and we call it art. And then people don't come and we lament the fact that people just don't get it. It's like, well, was there anything there for them to get? Like, that's really my question. It's like, I don't think with the amount of content there is these days, like, I just don't think it's realistic to assume that people will want to come watch you just because you're talented. Like there, the world is full of talent. The world is full of art and entertainment and all these things. So what makes yours different? Like, why are people going to want to come and then come back? Are you giving them something transformative or something meaningful beyond just a spectacle? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. No, I resonate with everything that you're saying uh, so much. Good gravy. Yeah, I, yes, that definitely makes sense. And I think, you know, gosh, a lot of thoughts were forming in my head as you were talking about it, but working kind of backwards, one thing that I just thought about too is that with COVID, one of the lovely things to come out of it, I suppose, is the fact that the world opened up even more. And so art that may have only been accessible to a certain geographic region is now mm-hmm. being live streamed across the world, you know, or or it's been right. recorded and made into a film that's then, you know, again, available literally anywhere. So I think you touched on a really good point that's even more relevant today. And that is that there's a lot, there's a lot of art. So what makes you different? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think artists sometimes sort of have the sense of entitlement of like, well, I have years of training and I spent money and time and energy to do this. So you should come watch me because of that. And it's like, that's not fair. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I, I think that's unrealistic. And I, I would love I would love it if people came just to watch us because we're talented, but it's unrealistic. And so we need to give them something more than that. I yeah. Believe. Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think sort of to that point, I mean, you would hold any other profession to that too, right? So just because a doctor yeah. has trained for years and years, super highly educated, if he constantly misdiagnoses and you know, (laughs) treats people terribly, you're not coming back. There's plenty of doctors in the world. Or, you know, if a plumber doesn't, you know, again, highly educated, probably, you know, years of experience, but if they can't fix the problem, you don't go back. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I think, you know, there's a lot of I agree that that there is some entitlement of sort of like, well, I've devoted my life to this. So then you should devote your life to me now or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I think it's it's actually (laughs) something I've thought about before of you also had to be really careful as as an artist and as, let's say, you know, a show director, company director or whatever that. You just recognize the fact that it will always matter more to you than to anyone else. So if you're going to be mm-hmm. effective at what you do, you like you said, you have to have a message that you can that can be translated that that's not And I think in order to do that, you really have to you have to have an editing eye 
and or you need outside perspectives telling you I'm not getting it before it goes out to a wider audience. And like, think of the book publishing industry. You know, your book goes through multiple rounds of edits and proofreads and suggestions before it ever hits the shelves of a bookstore, unless you're self-publishing. But you still should go through those steps if you're self-publishing. So there have been many outside eyes looking at this project and saying, I'm not quite getting it, or like, that character needs something more. But with the average dance company, in my personal experience, that doesn't happen. So there's no accountability to make sure that what you're trying to say is coming across. And again, you don't always have to have a message, but but there needs to be, you need to be clear about the fact that you don't have a message, then you can't try half-heartedly to put some kind of message in there. And it just doesn't go anywhere, if that makes sense. Yeah, so um, I'm I'm gathering yeah. you're not a fan of the whole untitled number one concept. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. oh man, nope, it, I think that should be banned in the art world. Man, you have to come up with something. <laughs> yeah, good grief, yeah. That's, that just seems, it seems lazy to me. Yeah. And I, yeah, again, well, I said this would be blunt. <laughs> yeah, no, no, for sure. And, uh, but I think that's, that's actually really interesting Actually, I think you touched on something that's important, and it is blunt, but I think that essentially part of what you're getting at is if you don't do this self-editing or outside editing, it is lazy, right? Like, you aren't doing your due diligence. You aren't kind of respecting the art form in a way. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Or you're assuming that the art form is so sacred or something that people will come anyway. I'm trying to think of an example that's not dance, but I don't know. I mean, even, you know, modern art, a lot of people don't get modern art, visual art. So, I, and I feel like sometimes <laughs> modern artists are like, well, I painted this, so you should look at it because it's painting and because I'm talented and I'm an artist and here it is, it's art. And to which I would respond, fine, but don't expect anybody to feel the same way about it that you do. I mean, I I don't know. I I think you have to communicate something, even if you're communicating everything is meaningless. Like, okay, that's that's a message. But anyway, yikes. (laughs) And that's a choice. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting that you put it kind of like that, because that is something that Yeah, so our friends over at Kansas City Aerial Arts, apparently in their rehearsal process, when they're actively choreographing and then sort of doing the edits like you're talking about, their sort of funny catchphrase is, well, that's a choice. And and I love it because it's true. You you have lots of choices along the process of creating art and editing art. And, you know, you can make a choice that ends up needing to be changed in the future. I mean, that's that's Mm -hmm. what happens a lot, too. I mean goodness, actually a real world example is in going back and looking at some of the choreography that I've previously done or right now that I'm resetting on our dancers is looking back and going, what was that? You know, (laughs) you know, we all do it. Right. And perspective. And you go, that didn't make sense. Why would I have that person come on from that side of the, you know, just, it's so funny, Mm -hmm. but it is so important to go back and, and improve every time. 
I think, too. I was going to go off on another little go rant. Not a rant, just a tangent. Yeah, I yeah. so back when you were saying, talking about choices, well, that's a choice. <laughs> so I don't have a problem with choices. And, I, and again, I don't think every piece of art is meant to be loved necessarily. So if you're choosing to communicate, everything is meaningless. And it's this very dark piece of art about that. You know, I don't have a problem with that as long as everything you do has a reason behind it and it supports your message. And I think a lot of times people miss that part. So I feel like I think that we should start with the why and then go to the how and the what. And I'll explain that in a second. But I think a lot of people start with the what. They're like, well, we have to make a ballet. And then they go into the why, sort of, if they even get there. But more or less, it's just, well, we have to make a ballet, so here's a fun little piece of music and, you know, we'll put people on stage. Versus to say, to go back and say, why first? Why am I even doing this? Why am I here today? What am I trying to say? And and once you know that, then you can say, okay, now how best do I say that? So personal example, really quick. I have started writing things before and I thought it would be in prose form. And and like, as soon as I started, I thought, you know what, this wants to be a poem. (laughs) And I can't explain it other than that. It was like, this wants to be poetry, not prose. And I think, you know, in that case, it worked out better to express the idea that way. Or, you know, I know we're a ballet company. I know we normally dance on point, but this piece really needs to be danced barefoot. And that will enhance the vision of what I'm trying to say. So again, it's like your why is informing your what or your how versus the other way around, if that makes sense. So again, it's just, it's just about like every, every choice you make artistically needs to have a reason behind it. And you need to be evaluating how that fits into your broader vision for this piece. Everything should support it. I remember in college, my professors saying every, every person on stage needs to have a reason to be there. And if they're doing the exact same thing as everybody else, you need to question why they're there. <laughs> so, again, just having a reason behind it. That's I'll stop there. <laughs> no, no, that's great advice. Yeah. I love that, yeah. actually. I remember in choreography classes in college, them talking about if you're going to use the prop, you have to use the prop. You can't just have a random bench on stage that you don't interact with except for the beginning or maybe the end. Like, they're, don't do that. <laughs> Or, you know, because again, and what I've been trying to actually communicate to my choreography students is intentionality is everything, right? So you have, everything has to have intentionality because I agree with you. Once you start being like, oh, whatever, (laughs) you run into all the issues that emerge from that of, okay, but so there's no thought put into that. And you, I think you do need to constantly be asking yourself and, or what you're editing, you know, well, why? <laughs> like as a yeah. as an artist, you should be able to answer that very clearly. Right. And if the answer is, well, I just wanted to have them dance on a chair or, well, I just needed to use four couples instead of one. It's like, that's not a really good answer, <laughs> frankly. So basically what you're saying is you had to adjust or water down the art in order to accommodate some limitation. And like, there are times to do that, but if you don't have to, then for heaven's sake, don't. <laughs> like, anyway, that's, that's my thought. <laughs> or like, or people will say, well, the music I want to use is 12 minutes. So this is going to be a 12 minute piece. Mm-hmm. 
and it's like three minutes in you've said everything you needed to say I get it and now I have to sit here and watch the the repetition for another nine minutes Mm -hmm. and like I'm bored out of my mind Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's like again not that the dancers aren't good but I don't need to I didn't need to see that for 12 minutes so cut the music you know make your make your art or make your artistic choices work for the art that you're making what a brilliant little way to sum that up (laughs) thanks (laughs) yeah yep I, I I I like that so I am curious when Okay, so so we've talked about, you know, obviously you need to be communicating something and need to be doing it well, which means a lot of editing and evaluation and re-editing again or whatever. But mm-hmm. how do you feel about someone who's like, especially in the dance world, somebody who might produce a piece and their whole thing is, I just want to make this as abstract as, as possible do you still feel that they need to communicate that that is the intention behind it or do you just not care for that style I this is my personal preference if you're gonna do that and say this has no story this has no message it's just movement on stage personally if I'm gonna watch a piece that has no meaning I want it to be still moving and what I mean by that is I want the music to be interesting. I don't want some soundscape, <laughs> you know, and you know what I mean? It's like the sort yeah. of <laughs> no. tuneless music. During massage. Like, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, I don't want that because that, that doesn't do anything for me. And then, and then, so I want some interesting music and I want the movement to respond to the music or enhance it. And I want it to be memorable movement so if some so that if a piece is so beautiful or so dynamic or so in your face whatever it is that I stop caring if there's a meaning behind it I think you've still made art (laughs) because you've you've managed to say to use a metaphor the earlier metaphor you've managed to make really amazing sentences just beautiful sentences with beautiful words and I don't care what you're saying if that makes sense Mm -hmm. but so but that's a challenge like that's really challenging to make a dance so interesting that like everybody's just mesmerized right so and what I so what I feel often happens is people will say well I'm going to make this abstract dance and then it's just it's like nothing not only is it not communicating but it's not interesting or unique or dynamic enough to to move somebody like I could probably count on like one hand the number of abstract totally abstract dances I've seen that I didn't care that there was no meaning so and like I'm not even sure that I could make one (laughs) so like it's a challenge but that's kind of how I would respond to that um like if you're going to make that choice fine but then the art has to be like really different or or just really moving I keep using that word moving yeah, dynamic, moving. Yeah, I agree. I actually think it's probably a harder artistic challenge to go that route well mm-hmm. <laughs> than mm-hmm. it is yeah. to be communicating a specific message or story. And I, and that kind of touches back into what we were talking about with intentionality of, I absolutely agree. So, <laughs> so I always say that I love tap dancing because you can't do a sad tap dance. 
And that's great. And that's that's the thing about tap is it just would be so absurd and and ridiculous. Like you wouldn't be communicating well if you tried to do that unless you were, I suppose, trying to do a comedically tragic piece. Right. But, you know, (laughs) (laughs) which I think that could be fun. But my point is that, you know, if if my goal is to communicate happy, then, you know, tap is a good choice if my goal is to communicate sadness and loneliness probably taps not the best choice so what would best right. communicate that so i i agree with you i really like the idea of starting with the why and then working backwards it's like event planning 101 right you know you what's the mm-hmm. what's the date of the event and what are you trying to do with that event why are you How having you it people, and then you work back right how do you want people to feel when they walk away from this event yeah yeah, exactly. Um, what do you want them to have gained yeah. or learned? Or yeah, yeah, I love that. Right. Very cool. Well, the manifesto is very well written and really worth the time to read. As are Ashley's other musings. Do you mind sharing a link to your blog? Yeah. So I'm at ashleyrebeccataylor.wordpress.com, and that's Ashley with e y, Rebecca with two c's. AshleyRebeccaTaylor.wordpress.com, and if anybody is interested, <laughs> on the contact page on my blog, I also have uh, links to my uh, YouTube channel, which is for dancing, and also my Facebook page, which is for basically all the arts that I do. <laughs> all of the things. So, all the things. Yes. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Cool. Well. Thank you for sharing about that that particular post and kind of your your musings and your feelings about about you know an artist process and and I really I you know like you said it's blunt but I think it is a good gut check for any time that you do sort of want to just make a quick decision rather than a intentional decision or right. you know so I I do think that there's a lot of value to that. So thank you for kind of also bringing that back to awareness. I think especially maybe during COVID, there were many of us who were like, I just need to create something. But, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and that there's, there can be a lot of value in that. And there can be a lot of value in doing so for you. But if you're going Mm -hmm. to be doing it for an audience of some kind, then, you know, let's, let's put that intentionality in it. Yeah. I really like that. Exactly. All right. Well, I have three questions that I would love to ask you if you don't mind answering them. I do not. All right. So first of all, what change would you like to see in the world of creating art or displaying art or making it available to people? So essentially, what's, what's one big change you'd like to see in the art world? Well, I think I've spent most of our time talking about it, <laughs> yes. but actually I, so I have a different answer, which is more about the artists themselves in a way. So I don't know about other forms of art so much, but in the ones that I'm involved in, I feel like the message that we get as we get more serious about pursuing them is there's kind of one right way to pursue a career in this field or you know, even a serious hobby or whatever. So, you know, if you're a dancer, you kind of get the impression it's like, well, if you don't dance in a company or you're not appearing in 
commercial music videos or whatever it may be, then you're not, you haven't really made it right. And I think, so yeah, this is something I've been wrestling with a lot over the past few years because I don't have a regular dancing gig at the moment. And I feel like that message is harmful because it kind of makes you feel like you failed if you either can't do that or don't want to do that. And not wanting to go that route is totally valid. So how can we find more creative ways to make the art that we that we're passionate about, which may not be that traditional career route, right? So what I would like to see change is more people feeling the freedom if they don't see what they're looking for, the opportunity they're looking for, go make it, right? I mean, create what isn't there yet and give opportunities to other people who might feel the same way as you do about the career path that you've chosen or or opted not to choose. Amen to that. Yeah. (laughs) Good answer. But I really, obviously, I personally resonate with that because you know, I had gotten to a point in my career where the opportunities to be a part of a full-time company here locally were just not the right fit anymore. And so Mm -hmm. that's exactly what I did. I I didn't see something that could continue to work well. So I created a company (laughs) and thankfully there were enough people who were like, yes, we agree. We, we like this, let's go that route. And we, we don't dance all the time. We, we do, you know, two big shows a year and then little gigs here and there throughout. But yeah, I think that's, I think that's great. I, yeah. And it's, it's great because you don't, you know, (laughs) there isn't one definition of what a dance company is or there shouldn't be. So just because yours doesn't look like someone else's doesn't mean it's not a valid way to make art. It might be an even a better atmosphere for making art. So why not try it? You know? Yeah. Absolutely. And I, yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, and I, I, I try to especially tell my students this, but I just think in general, so true what you said. I think that there are many avenues to a dream. And if you can remain yeah. open to it, to them, to the other options, then you're going to be a lot happier and a lot more oh, fulfilled. Yeah you know, in the long run, because there are a lot of ways to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you might even be more impactful. I mean, Mm -hmm. you never know. Yeah. So absolutely. Yes. Well, great answer. And then (laughs) my second question is, is there something art related that stands out to you as something that you would love to do that is completely outside of your wheelhouse? And maybe you've so far felt intimidated to try it. And maybe that kind of held you back from trying it. So essentially, is there something that you artistically would like to venture into, but maybe haven't for whatever reason? Yeah, there are many things. (laughs) I mean, if I had my way, I would be good at everything, but I'm not. So I feel like the primary one is I would love to play the violin. I'm not really that musical. I mean, I am as a dancer, but not in the sense of playing an instrument. And I've, I have tried with, <laughs> with disastrous results to play a few notes on other friends' stringed instruments before. 
So I would need some training, but <laughs> yeah, but I would, I would love to try that. I, I love that instrument and I think that'd be really fun. I, so that's very outside my wheelhouse. The other one that comes to mind is musical theater, which is more related to dancing and what I have experience doing, but it's, it also feels very intimidating <laughs> to be that well-rounded and sort of that showy in a way, but it, it sounds like a lot of fun. It always looks like they're having fun. So I'd love to try that too sometime. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I totally relate to the musical theater thing. I just love watching it so much that I always thought it'd be really fun, but I am so intimidated by the idea <laughs> of having oh, yeah. to be, yeah, a triple threat and like, yeah. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we should audition for something together at some point, just, you know, at least for the experience of... <laughs> Of abject failure. Yeah. <laughs> we can pick each other off the floor. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. And then my final question is, at the end of your life, what's the one art-related experience you would want to experience again for the last time? So this is such a hard question because there are so many. I know. So my answer is... <laughs> kind of funny because there's a there's a piece of music that I have choreographed to and I think it's probably the most beautiful piece I've ever heard although that's hard to say but it just moves me every time I hear it and so I started telling people I want this played at my funeral which sounds like super morbid um and people would always sort of laugh awkwardly and be like okay (laughs) well I think what I'm trying to get at with that statement is it's it's so transcendent to me that that's kind of how I want to go out, like thinking of um, thinking of a higher plane, I suppose, and something bigger than me, and like kind of what lies ahead of death or what lies beyond death. So anyway, that's my little manifesto about it. But the piece of music is "Nearer My God to Thee" by the Piano Guys. So it's an arrangement of a hymn done on cello multiple cellos harmonizing with each other and it is gorgeous highly recommend listening to it yeah yeah that is a gorgeous gorgeous piece of music i i agree with you it's it's amazing there are i mean there's a lot of beautiful music out in the world but there are certain ones that stand out as just every time i hear them i'm just transported or you said transcended or feeling like that but yeah that's yeah, you know, in fact, it's really interesting. There was there was somebody recently who was suggesting to do so. So I, I think there's probably a lot of us that find it difficult to just sit still and meditate and you know come back to your breath, come back to your breath or whatever. You know, it, it's it's hard <laughs> to do that. But yeah, one suggestion that I heard recently was to put on a piece of music like that, and it's that's just that you just listen to it and you don't do anything else. You close your eyes, you know, you just let that experience sort of envelop you. And that's what you kind of not like necessarily meditate on, but the idea of like clearing your head and not being distracted by other things and things like that. And yeah, I did it once and it was really amazing because it's just, you know, you get sort of distracted if you're, even if you love the piece of music, if you're not like solely focused on that, it's easy to sort of let it, not wash over you <laughs> right oh yeah but to bring your full focus to it yeah I can mm-hmm. yeah I can attest that is meditative <laughs> yes <laughs> yes indeed, indeed. Yeah. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, Ashley, this has been amazing, as I fully expected. <laughs> so <laughs> thank you so much for being here. And I know we have the information for your website, and that's probably yes. a good way for people to connect with you or to at least follow your work. And I have an email on there too. So I'm always happy to chat about artistic things if that's desired. (laughs) Awesome. So, yeah. Perfect. Well, again, I really appreciate you. Thank you for sharing your heart and thank you for being blunt (laughs) and, and for challenging us to, to be our best and, and do our best. I, I think that's really important and I am very excited to follow the path of this novel and can't wait to uh, purchase it when it's available for purchase. And <laughs> you'll be the first to know. <laughs> ah, excellent. <laughs> All right. And thank you so much to everyone who has listened to this episode. And if you're feeling as inspired as I am right now, I'd love if you'd share this with a friend or two. And we will catch you next time. If you have a story to share with us, we would love that so much. And I hope your day has been artfully told. Hi, friends. I wanted to share with you another podcast that I think you're going to fall in love with just as I have. It's called Harlem with a View, and it is hosted by Harlem Lennox, who was a previous guest of mine on Artfully Told and a dear friend. Just because it looks easy doesn't mean it is. There is so much that goes into the work of a creative. She wants to know how the artists got into their line of work, what inspires them, but most importantly, what keeps them going. She asks them about how they make it through the blood, sweat, and tears. She wants to know what it's like to live this creative life, the good, the bad, the ugly, and even the magical. So she goes behind the scenes with creatives from different genres, and she explores their history, their take on life, and talks about the business of art and the dedication of making art. She has a brilliant, brilliant platform. I think you will fall in love. I highly recommend that you search for Harlem with a View. Thanks!